Colombia, South America. Until the 1970s, life was simple but hard. Then, a failed economy gave way to a sharp rise in drug trafficking. The drug trade caused stiff competition that literally began to rip the country apart. Ruthless Colombian drug lords began consolidating their businesses into partnerships known as cartels. Death came to anyone who got in their way. As the cartel's influence grew, so did the American appetite for illicit drugs. And Miami became the prime point of entry for most of the cocaine smuggled into the country. And with it came bloodshed. Colombian assassins were sent to Miami to wipe out the local competition. The homicide rate grew to more than triple the national average for large cities. Miami was named the murder capital of the U.S. Former Metro-Dade homicide detective Alex Alvarez recalls how in 1979, violence came to a Miami shopping mall. His date of birth is... Several drug traffickers bought out a, a, a step van, uh, lined it with bulletproof vests and portholes, and did a drug hit in the parking lot and sprayed it with you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rounds in the parking lot trying to kill their intended target. Two known drug traffickers were killed, and several innocent bystanders were wounded. There were also incidents of high-speed pursuits on the expressway between two drug dealers that were just shooting it out on the expressway during rush hour traffic, and, and, and numerous people were being uh, injured and, and killed. It was like the wild, wild west, so there was a need to um, try to curb and stop um, these uh, drug traffickers who seemed to be out of control. A special squad was formed to deal with the violence. Central Tactical Unit, or CENTAC-26, was headquartered at the Metro-Dade Police Department. Sergeant George Placencia was a detective assigned to the unit, the first of its kind in Miami. It was a 26-1 in the nation. The purpose of forming that task force was that we would go out and monitor all the homicides in Dade County and pick and choose the ones that uh, we thought involved major drug traffickers and, and attempt to work that angle, the homicide angle, and dismantle the organization. By the mid-1980s, constant pressure from law enforcement slowly changed the way drug traffickers were doing business in Miami. They got a little bit more sophisticated. They still did the murders, but not the, the, the shootouts in public. Drug traffickers went deep underground, organizing cells that excluded all but family and close friends. Many cells specialized in activities such as cocaine transportation, distribution, or money laundering. In only a few years, the business had become large and sophisticated, and still very deadly. On the afternoon of July 29, 1985, a marine salvager working on the Miami River noticed something. Off the bow of his boat, floating in the water, was a body. By the time Metro-Dade County Police responded, dock workers had pulled two more bodies from the river. 
The coroner examined the deceased for any signs of trauma or gunshot wounds. He found none. It appeared that the three had drowned. On the bodies, officers found beepers, Rolex watches, and plenty of cash. Two were armed. Essentially, they were all carrying the tools of a drug smuggler. Metro-Dade police called Syntac 26. Sergeant Placencia investigated. Yeah, hold on, let me write this down. We started doing area cams to see if anybody had seen anything suspicious or had seen these individuals prior to them meeting their demise, and uh, that uh, proved to be, you know, not so fruitful at all. Nobody had seen anything. The three victims were identified as local Cuban-Americans. Two had minor police records. The official cause of death was drowning, but there was no indication how they ended up in the water or why. 